This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. Nothing feels as good as making others feel good. Those so-called feel-good holiday films? They can't hold a gingerbread-scented candle to the feeling of giving them something that gives them all the feels. Make this December one to remember. Together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Here's what's cooking on the day's Sports Stove podcast. Oh, we got some fun stuff to talk about. Nick Saban doing Nick Saban stuff. Jimbo Fisher doing Jimbo Fisher stuff. It's going to be fun. We're going to talk about the uh, NIL conversation as well as other sports news going on in the world. That's what's cooking on the day's Sports Stove podcast. From Belly Up Sports and the Belly Up Podcast Network, you're listening to the Sports Stove podcast with your host, Vince Stover. Welcome in to an all-new Sports Stove Podcast, presented by InTheClutch.com, licensed apparel for Major League Baseball, uh, NBA, and other sports as well. Go to InTheClutch.com, use the code SPORTSSTOVE, and you're going to get 10% off your purchase. So again, that's InTheClutch.com, use the code SPORTSSTOVE for 10% off your purchase. Welcome into a Friday episode being recorded on a Thursday night uh, with my dad, Dale Stover. Dad, how you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Boy, we got some fun things to talk about tonight. So, <laughs> When old people act like children, we have content, uh, content <laughs> for days. So it's uh, been a fun day to kind of sit around and listen and uh, pay attention and watch and see exactly what happens. We've seen Saban actually begin to backpedal a little bit. He said, I had never said anybody did anything illegal and all this kind of nonsense. But nonetheless, it was a fun day. We're going to get to the saving stuff here in just a second. But uh, it's interesting, Dad. We're kind of winding down to the end of the college uh, season. Most people have their graduations already. And that means that we're entering into a weird time of the year where there's not any active college sports going on. Baseball still currently um, winding down as well. But uh, then you get into the trying to raise money, you get into the banquets and the different things. And when that happens, uh, coaches sit in front of people who are on their side and they tend to say things to try to get those people excited about something. Nick Saban, along uh, with uh, others, sat in a room full of Alabama businessmen, uh, assumingly for the purpose of raising funds or continuing to bring in more funds. And you had a comment. Let's listen to what Nick Saban said. And you read about them. You know who they are. I mean, we were second in recruiting last year. A&M was first. A&M bought every player on their team. Made a deal for name, image, and likeness. All right, we didn't buy one player. All right, but I don't know if we're going to be able to sustain that in the future because more and more people are doing it. All right, so – Obviously, the most comments that we've talked about is the Jimbo Fisher stuff, and we'll talk about the Deion Sanders comments in a second, and we're going to listen to Jimbo's comments also here in a second. But something that intrigues me is what he said there at the end of that statement that seems to kind of be getting looked over, and he says, I'm not sure that we can sustain this. 
meaning he's saying we're doing it too. We are going to be doing it if we've not already been doing it. His quarterback famously made a million dollars last year. And of course his comment is, well, was after he got to campus. It's not something we used to lure him to college, to Alabama. But I found it interesting that at the end of that statement that he says, I'm not sure that we can sustain that, meaning we got to get on board with what everybody else is doing. Would you agree with that? Um, I, I would, I mean, I think that's a fair assessment maybe of what he meant. Um, again, I guess if there was more comments, you know, maybe he would say the NIL can't be sustained if it's going to be like this, but, or maybe that, you know, Hey, we're still very competitive now, but you know, we're not going to be able to sustain that. Um, if you know, everybody else is not going to go by the same rules we do. I think Mm -hmm. that would have been his implication, but um, yeah, it, you know, <laughs> Nick Saban always knows why he's saying what he's saying. So, well, and it's in a room full of money. He's in a yeah. room full of money, and they've obviously done a great job of making sure that Alabama athletes receive money. But I, it just seems like with the audience he's talking to, he's talking to people because he's basically, in my opinion, saying we're going to need more money. We're going to need you to step up and do what the boosters in, at A and M did. And we need you to step up and do what Barstool did for Jackson State and Deion Sanders. And so it's this this mentality of we need more money, um, which they're going to get it anyways. He didn't have to say any of the stuff he said. But what he what surprised me, I guess, the most is how blatant he was to call out uh, Texas A&M. And again, they're the team that finished number one in recruiting ahead of him. Uh, and then he also called out Jackson State with uh, with Deion Sanders as well. And we'll listen to that in a minute. But we need to hear the comments uh, made later uh, this evening of, from Jimbo Fisher Thursday evening. So it's not the original stuff that came out, but he had a press conference, a little bit more things. Let's listen to what Jimbo Fisher had to say. First of all, I'll say it's a shame that we have to do this. It's really despicable. It's despicable that somebody can say things about somebody and an organ. More importantly, 17-year-old kids. You're taking shots at 17-year-old kids and their families. That they broke state laws. They're, they're, they're all money. They're, we bought every player on this group. We never bought anybody. No rules were broken. Nothing was done wrong. It was all in the, and the way we do things, the ethics in which we do things. And these families, it's despicable that a reputable head coach could come out and say this when he doesn't get his way. Or things don't go his way. The narcissist in him doesn't allow those things to happen. And it's ridiculous. But when when he's not on top and the parody in college football he's been talking about, go talk to coaches who coach for him. You'll find out all the parody. Go dig into wherever he's been. You can find out anything. And it's a shame that you got to sit here and defend 17-year-old kids and families and Texas A&M because we do things right. We're always going to do things right. So that's Jimbo Fisher's response to Nick Saban. A couple things in that he says, uh, after he says, we never bought any players, he very quickly says, no rules were broken. Um, so that was interesting, I thought. And then he goes very personal against Nick Saban. He's a narcissist. And uh, and dig into his past, and you'll find things he said earlier, you'll find things that you don't want to know. If you dig into his past, talk to his former assistants, Jimbo said, I would never work for him uh, again, even when he had the opportunity to earlier. Um, He had a comment as well. 
Um, I think I saved it here. Let me pull it up real quick. Sorry. Um, he says, you coach with people like Bobby Bowden and learn how to do things. You coach with other people and learn how not to do things. There's a reason I ain't went back and worked for him with opportunities. Don't want to be associated with him. Um, so there again, Jimbo says, I learned how to do the right thing from Bobby Bowden and how to do the wrong thing from Nick Saban. Yeah, this has gotten very, very personal very, very quickly with these two guys. And, of course, Jimbo has worked uh, under Saban at LSU. And um, now they are, um, you know, and in, in head coaches of the same conference and all that kind of stuff happening. Uh, I mean, what's your response to what Jimbo had to say? Um, well, I mean, I, I think he had to respond to it. Um, I, again, at this point, it, like you said, it's gotten personal and really probably the issue that the big issue that has to be looked at is the whole NIL thing. You know, when, to me, when he said no rules were broken, okay, what <laughs> rules are there? Um, you know, are, are there enough rules in place, um, that you can go back, um, you know, I, I saw something earlier where Nick Saban said that, you know, people are admitting they're breaking rules. Well, I don't know that that is true. Um, and again, you know, well, nobody's doing anything about it. Again, I, I you know, we have talked about this. Um, and this is probably going to bring it to a head. Two big time coaches. Um, there's going to have to be some definition with the NCAA. Um, you know, did somebody do something wrong or did they not? Um, you know, do something wrong. And there's way too many gray areas uh, in this. Um, but yeah, this has gotten very personal, very surprised um, a little bit that, you know, Saban went after him so directly. And of course, then Fisher is defending himself, talking about things in Saban's past. You know, to me, what I thought of when I read or heard a lot of this today was, you know, Saban saying, well, you know, we didn't do anything wrong. Um, does he does he really think he can control all his boosters? Um, you know, sure. Will they ever prove he told somebody to do something? No, that's never been the problem. The problem is boosters, you know, acting independently, um, making contacts. And now with social media, how easy is it, you know, for, to, to communicate with kids and stuff that way? Um you know, um, when, you know, I Fisher, I think was maybe stretching a little bit when he, you know, talked about 17 year old kids and their parents and you're attacking them. No, he attacked A&M, um, not them. Now, if there's a deal by breaking, you know, federal laws or something in, but again, I'm not sure that's what was said, um, from there, but, uh, it would make the recruiting trail awfully interesting right now with, um, there and I would think some schools will sit back and try to get the fallout from this. Well, who wins in this situation? If you're a recruit and you're looking at AM and Alabama, do you go to the place that openly pays players or do you go to the place that says, we're not going to do that? We're not going to pay players. Um, not, not to get them to school, of course, is what he's saying. But um, I mean, in all of what Nick Saban is as one of the best, if not the best college football coach in history. He, in my opinion, he's coming off looking bad in this situation versus what he was trying to do and kind of point out some things at A&M 
Um, you know, I, I don't know. You look at a lot of college kids and you hear, well, you know, A&M, they did get their guys a lot of money. And whether they did it then, as far as we know, they did it all under the the stipulations of the rules, then, you know, why would I go to a place that hides the money when I can go to a place that flaunts the money? Shopify presents cool sheets from aha to lying awake while you bake isn't cool. I suffered from the wrong kind of hot in bed, heat-induced insomnia. That was my aha moment. Bed sheets that keep you cool. Then I thought, how do I even sell bed sheets? That's when I had the idea that made it all possible. Signing up on Shopify. With the help of Shopify's intuitive online store creator, I started selling sustainable bamboo sheets that keep cool year-round. And my cool idea became a reality. Hot sleepers around the world rejoice. Shopify makes it simple to keep your cool while starting and growing your business. Start selling with Shopify today and join the commerce platform powering millions of businesses worldwide. From aha to anything is possible. This is Possibility, powered by Shopify. Start selling online today. Sign up for a free trial at shopify.com slash free 22. Shopify.com slash free 22. Yeah, I mean, I, I, again, I mean, the way the system is right now, um, you know, kids, it's all right for them to go and get money. And obviously, they're going to know where the better opportunities are, whether they're promised stuff. Now, you know, if you ever get into their signing contracts, they're doing things like that before um, recruiting. But again, you know, I think we we talked about this in one of the other episodes. You know, when you look back at some of the other you know, things that have happened over history. I mean, you know, kids were driving Trans Ams, you know, before they ever national signing day. So, you know, not, this is not new. And actually that was at one of the schools that we're talking about here. So, um, you know, um, I, it, it's interesting that they have made it, you know, so personal, like I said, that say maybe Saban wanted this, maybe he wanted to, um, flush Jimbo out and, um, you know, get him talking and saying there. Otherwise, I mean, Alabama, okay, we finished number two. I mean, Alabama still has a real stranglehold, it seems like, in recruiting. Um, from there, now coaches have moved, and the SEC is going to get much more competitive even than it already is. Um, but to me, both these code to me, if I was a coach in the SEC and one of these other schools, I'd be licking my chops saying, hey, we're going to, you know, we're going to get the fallout of this. Kids are going to start avoiding, um, you know, these two things here. So um, I don't know. Like I said, somebody, the NCAA, or they're going to have to form uh, an organization. Something has to get it under control or it's just going to, you know, get out of hand. And this is probably an out of hand situation now. I mean, yeah, it was and it is. Um, You know, it's. You talk about contracts. Contracts are not allowed to be signed before the player signs. That's part of the NIL stuff. Can't be made before you come. It's it's a deal of after you get here, then you can sign NIL deals, but it cannot be the reason you come to school. You cannot be promised or anything like that. And clearly, they were doing this before NIL. They're doing it during NIL. Schools are promising things uh, and are promising money. Boosters are promising money. If you come to my school, uh, I will make sure you're well taken care of. Um, those sorts of things. A former Florida State player, Travis Johnson, he uh, 
He says, uh, in regards to Nick Saban, I'm getting this from 24-7 Sports. He says, A&M bought every player on their team. Uh, he says, let's see here. Um, uh, he said that Alabama offered him six figures in the class of 2000. He says, y'all was NIL before NIL. So saying that Alabama offered him uh, six figures back in 2000, um, <clears throat> you know, we know. I, I, we don't. We don't claim to be ignorant on this fact. We know that teams cheat. We know that schools pay players. It's happened all along. I live in Lexington, Kentucky, and when we hired John Calipari at, at the University of Kentucky, everybody that was against Kentucky said, "Oh, well, he's a cheater, and just wait, you're going to give up all your wins at some point." And I said, "Yeah, and it's going to be worth it. Every single, every single bit of it. Whatever Cal does to get players in, uh, if he wins championships, whether." eventually they get taken away or not, it's going to be worth it. Uh, we're going to be happy with it because they're winning games and it's exciting and those kinds of things. Now, Cal's only won one championship and he has not lived up to the hype. But that being said, I, I don't think Alabama fans care if Nick Saban's cheating. I don't think A&M fans care if Jimbo Fisher or the Boosters are offering money before players get there. All they care about is do we win? Uh, and now you got a huge game coming up this fall at Alabama with A&M in town. It's, it's going to be an absolute chaos. <laughs> it's going to be a lot of fun at the same time. And, and, uh, you know, at some point we're going to like it. Let's listen to one more thing. Saban said this time talking about coach prime Deion Sanders. Just like Nate said, we have a rule right now that says you cannot use name image and likeness to entice a player to come to your school. Hell read about it in the paper. I mean, Jackson State paid a guy a million dollars last year that was a really good Division One player to come to school. It was in the paper, and they bragged about it. Nobody did anything about it. There you go. There's the phrase, right? Nobody did anything about it. Basically, what Saban's saying is there's rules in place, and they're not being enforced. In doing so, he calls out Coach Prime, and Coach Prime's not happy about it. He says he will make some statements on it as well. But um, as surprising as it is that he went after A&M. It's got to be more surprising that he brought Deion Sanders into the conversation. And, uh, of course, they are refuting it. No, I don't have a million dollars and all this kind of stuff. Listen, Deion cheats, Saban cheats, Fisher cheats. Everybody's cheating. Therefore, it's e- it's equality. <laughs> That's what it comes down to. At the end of the day, everyone's doing the same thing. Just some people are doing it better than others. That's my thoughts. What are your thoughts? Well, and again, uh, you know, I may not keep up with all the details well enough, but when he was talking about, you know, Deion Sanders said, well, it was in the paper. They were bragging about it. I don't remember when it happened hearing about bragging about, you know, well, we paid him money. They bragged about the fact they got somebody from, you know, a division one school to go, to their school. And um, again, you know, why would Saban worry about, you know, one guy unless he's worried about, I mean, most little schools are not going to be able um, to do that. And um, I, I, like I said, it's just kind of a little bizarre that, you know, he went after this, but like I said, he was, he was meeting with boosters he was meeting with business people. But again, he's smart enough to know that everything he was saying was going to, you know, get broadcast and and be repeated from there. And obviously, when he named names, he knew what he was doing there. And um, so I, I'm, I'm not I'm a little puzzled about 
what, you know, why this took on the shape that it did. Um, but yeah, I mean, everybody, you know, everybody has the recruiting. I mean, that's why people go on probation. That's why people were getting sanctions and most big schools did sooner or later because they were doing things. Well, now the rule is, you know, well, you shouldn't have to get, um, sanctioned, you know, everybody can do it, but they're going to have to, you know, get some kind of control, um, over it. And, um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. Like you said, I, you know, I mean, everybody's doing it and, um, you know, for Saban to act like he doesn't do it, that, that was, that, that was a little strange. And like you said, I mean, they're, they can come up with all kinds of people, whether it's assistant coaches or former players that are, that are going to talk about this, you know, with a large number of schools, no doubt about it. Um, you know, I, I think, you know, schools get to a point, Saban got to a point where he probably didn't have to do some of the stuff other schools did because people wanted to come to Alabama and he's turning out so many people in the NFL. But now the thing that NIL, and maybe they didn't see this coming, is you have college kids making more than NFL players you have college quarterbacks who can legally make more money than NFL rookies can because they're restricted, you know, um, on a salary cap thing with um, the rookies in the NFL. So th- that's created a situation that, you know, I, I think that's got to be controlled because um, that's not going to work if, hey, I can make more money in college and I'm going to even make in the pros. Well, I need to do this for one, two, three years, you know, in college from there. So, yeah, I mean, the pro still gives more security long-term than than what college can do. Um, And again, I don't know, the way that I'm seeing this dad is Saban's upset. He's upset that he finished second in recruiting rankings. He's upset that Deion Sanders has taken players that he could have had. And I I don't know, to me, it's coming across less calculated, although – I'm guessing it's calculated. It's coming across less calculated and more like someone asked a question that just kind of Saban's been upset about for a little bit. And he started talking and he's at the point in his career at the age and at where he is, where he can kind of say what he wants to say. And he comes out and he just says, you know what? I'm tired of this. I finished second. You know why I finished second? Well, because Jimbo Fisher cheated, Um, you know, and then, and then, you know, we, we, we used to be able to get whoever we wanted. Now the NIL's here, and I can't have whoever I want because there are other schools paying them money uh, more than what we're offering them to go to their school, and so they're going to other schools. That's the way it comes across to me. It comes across to me that Nick Saban is upset that he doesn't get what he wants, and and the result is is he's mad, and, and he's going to share it with people. And he's not going to say it's because I don't get what I want. It's just going to be, you know what, Jimbo Fisher's doing something that's against the rules. Uh, Deion Sanders did something that's against the rules and no one did anything about it. And then he, and then he tells us his boosters. Uh, and again, you said it could be a different, different context, but can we sustain this? Um, how long can we go losing players to Jimbo Fisher? He got what? Seven, five-star guys in one class, um, losing people to places like Jackson state. He said, you know, we can't, we can't do this. We have to be getting the best players. And in order to do that, we need your money. Uh, and that's that's the way that I read the situation. And, Dad, you talked about it. But to say 
And I understand. He's not going to say otherwise. We don't ever do this. That's baloney. They've been doing it for years. Um, they've been doing it ever since Saban's been there. And and here we sit, you know, just a bunch of old men griping and complaining because they're mad about who knows what. And at the end of the day, they're all doing the exact same thing. Any yeah. more no, I, 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 you know, I, like I said, I, I agree with you there, and it'll be interesting to see. I think there'll be uh, some fallout from this because you have such high, you know, high, high profile people um, involved. But you're right, you know, I say, but apparently is worried that, you know, the talent pool, um, and it's interesting that these two, you know, that he went after him, um, you know, of course, we haven't heard any complaints necessarily. Um, of course, these were the top two recruitings, but there were still some other teams in the conference that did very, very well. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, yeah, the SEC is going to be an interesting animal for the next couple of years once you bring in Oklahoma and Texas and, um, you know, everything moving there with the coaches they have. And, of course, you know, what's got lost now is one of the comments, what, a month or so ago, it was our buddy Lane Kiffin. You know, that talked about the luxury tax that was going to get hit on A and M or whatever. So, and I'm sure we'll hear from him in the near future. And what's surprising to me is, you know, what didn't get brought up? USC. Hi, I'm Maria, and I'm Mike, and we're Team, Team ready. ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. USC has landed all kinds of people since hiring Lincoln Riley. And I mean, you can't tell me that's above board. And with some of the guys they landed, some of it was simple as they were going to go to Oklahoma and now they're going to USC. Others of them were guys that have transferred and they're going now to USC. You can't tell me there's not money involved with that either, but USC is not in the SEC. USC has not been a threat uh, in any way, shape, or form to Alabama, with maybe the exception, I guess, of recruiting. But uh, I think the time is coming where it's it's only going to get uglier. And we've said this from the get-go with the NIL, and, and it has been my biggest concern. I'm all for the student-athletes getting money, but... There is no way, uh, two things, there's no way to um, make it fair uh, for everybody. And then there's also no way to hold hold people accountable. There, there is no way to enforce the rules, the few rules that there are in the NIL. Um, and it's just going to get uglier and uglier and uglier until eventually something breaks, uh, probably the NCAA. And then you get down to those, uh, you know, leagues of, you know, Dabo, was it Dabo Sweeney that said we need 50 teams and form our own league and, and you know, everybody else can still be in the NCAA and those kinds of things. We're coming very quickly to that, to that uh, end because the NCAA has lost all control of everything uh, going on uh, in, in college football. And they don't do anything to help themselves. Either they still haven't voted through the expanded playoffs, <laughs> so I mean they're not doing anything to help themselves. And the NCAA is just—they're um, hurting uh, for sure when it all comes down to it. 
Um, other college football news, Dad, is uh, the announcement was made that now conferences, uh, there's new championship rules for the conferences. They no longer have to have divisions. Um, they can kind of just put whatever two teams they want to in their championship game. And that's going to get ugly too, isn't it? Uh, yes. Yes, it is. It, again, if there's no standard, if each conference um, can decide on their own, you know, um, because you know, like one conference, you know, I'm sure we'll talk about it here in a little bit, has already moved on this. And they have a you know deal with what percentages of win percentage in the conference games, um, but it doesn't mean everybody would do that. Um, again, if the NCAA you know NCAA doesn't make some kind of uniformity, um, but again that's hard to do because the size of the conferences is changing, the numbers of teams in there are changing, and um, you know this will make it very very interesting for some of the big because now the when the conference gets so big everybody can't play everybody so right. now scheduling is going to get to be definitely more of an issue the conference schedule maybe not as much as the total overall schedule um, as far as being able to win your conference championship game. Um, again, you know, I'm sure the NCAA, you'd like to think the NCAA thought about this, but when you get bigger conferences there, you know, I've, I've said that from the beginning, there's going to be, you know, they're going to have to organize, um, this, you know, especially the SEC, but others too, you know, how, how are they going to, you know, how's this going to be scheduled? How are they going to play? And there could be a real disparity, you know, if, if well, we've got to play four good teams and this team only plays two of the better teams. So um, it was kind of that way with the divisions in some ways. Um, I mean, I never liked the fact that a weak division team could, you know, be in the conference championship. But to this, now that the bigger conferences are going to make that more complicated. And I, like I said, I think we're headed to, you know, was a super conference something different than just these individual conferences because, again, there's just going to be problems every year. Yeah, Pac-12 is the conference you mentioned. Um, it's already gone away, scrapped all their division stuff, and um, going to reset kind of how they do it, trying to help themselves out, getting into the college you know, playoffs and all that kind of stuff. I, I don't know. I just – to me, it feels like there's not progress being made. <laughs> it's going the other direction whatever is technically the opposite of progress. It's regress, I guess. I don't know. Uh, but uh, I don't like it, man. I, I College sports are so fun, uh, have been. You know, I've gotten really involved down here at Eastern Kentucky and going to football games and basketball games, and it's still small and enjoyable and whatever, but everything else has just gotten, I don't know, out of control. Um, it's changing so much. It's taking away the innocence even though there was never innocence in college sports, go back to SMU, go back to other things as well. There's never innocence, but it takes away the innocence of college football and um, just makes it more like a professional sport. And we've already got professional football. We don't need another professional league. We just need college football for what it is, the atmosphere, the energy, the rivalries, all that kind of stuff. And now it's going to get down to where teams are, manipulating their way into things because the conference is doing their part so that they get money. It all comes back to money at the end of the day for college football. Yeah, it does. I mean, you know, again, you know, 
the NIL, you know, started out with saying, well, hey, you know, these kids ought to be able to make some money while they're in college. But like I said before, college sports was about, you know, kids, um, you know, getting scholarships. Um, not every athlete obviously graduated, but there's people that have gone back and graduated after. And the deal is it'd be important to get a college degree. You know, you're a freshman in college and you're making the money some of these guys do. You're, you, it's easy to say, I, why do I need a degree? Now, you know, they may someday, but I, I think that's really diluting the whole idea of a scholarship is beneficial or a scholarship is a big deal. Um, the big deal now is how much you know money you can make with NIL. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the education aspect of college sports has been the focal point for several years now. Um, but there was still that, I don't know, school pride, I guess. There, there's less and less school pride. It's all about individuals. Um and, you know, it's causing problems in the locker rooms. Wait a second. This kid made how much money? Um, I've been starting here for three years. This freshman made how much money? Um, you know, those kinds of things. It's going to cause issues in the locker rooms. More things for the, the coaches to have to deal with and manage. And, and again, it just takes away from what once was, hey, I get to play for this school. And now it just doesn't seem to be the same um, as it once was. You know, at Kentucky – we had an issue with basketball this year, Shaden Sharp. He comes to Kentucky, never plays a second of Kentucky basketball, and now he's going to go in the NBA. It looks like he's going to get drafted in the top ten of the NBA draft, and Coach Cal is trying to brag about it. And the fan base is going, wait a second, this kid didn't even play for us. He could have played for us. He chose not to play for us. Um, he used our university to get him to – that next level, but he never once gave anything to this university. And now we're seeing, at least in Lexington, this turn, this this turn against the school, uh, against the athletic department, against the basketball program, because, no, people are now using us. And because of that, now we're angry. Now, the reality is, is the fans want to use the players. But that being said, it, that's the shift. It's no longer about team spirit. It's no longer about school spirit. It's about what can I get? And everybody's selfish. I'm not pretending like I'm not. Everybody's selfish. But it's what can I get? Um, and, you know, how little do I have to give in order to get? And we're seeing it more and more in college sports. And we're going to continue to see it as long as the NIL is is around. And as long as the, everything's set up the way that it's set up, it's going to continue to be an ongoing issue. And, uh, and now we've got rule changes. So you're going to see conferences making changes and bigger conferences have to make changes anyhow. And you know, we're going to come down to a point where there's going to be a college that says we deserve to be in the championship. And their conference says, sorry, you're, you're not going to. And that school is going to be looking for a new conference. And that's going to cause more issues with the conferences and everything that goes into it uh, as well. <clears throat> Anything else on those topics? No, I'm sure there'll be a lot in the days ahead, that's for sure. Yeah, I know um, Eastern Kentucky is part of the ASUN Conference. They announced this week that they are going to uh, do what they did last year, ASUN WAC Challenge. It's an automatic qualifier. There'll be 10 teams involved, and one team will give you the automatic qualifier there uh, in the NCAA. And uh, they had to do that because both conferences got up to six teams last year 
But then a team from each conference left, so they're down to five teams. Underneath that 16th threshold, the NCAA requires for the qualifiers. And so they join again, a Sunwack uh, coming together for another year, uh, which is a fun time as well. Okay, uh, and then to remind folks about InTheClutch.com, it is licensed apparel, Major League Baseball, NBA. They've got some great retro stuff there as well. Go check out the T-shirts, InTheClutch.com. Use the code SPORTSSTOVE, and you're going to get 10% off your first purchase there at InTheClutch.com. Some great shirts and things available there for teams, for players, uh, stadiums, different things like that. Some fun stuff there as well. Uh, all right, Dan, let's move. Uh, let's go ahead and do the NBA. I know neither one of us spends a whole lot of time with the NBA anymore, but we are in the playoffs. We had some surprises happen uh, with the Dallas Mavericks specifically moving forward. I was surprised about the Celtics. They were the higher seed, whatever. Um, but I thought Milwaukee was going to beat them. They did not. Uh, so anyways, you've got Miami and, and, and uh, Boston. They're actually playing, um, getting ready to tip off as we're recording. So we can't talk a whole lot about that at the moment. But game one, Golden State and Dallas. Golden State dominated Dallas. Uh, get the win. Um, you know, it's it's just one of those things where now you got a series. But to me, it's looking like we're going to be sitting there with Golden State in the finals. And I've, I've mentioned that. I don't remember if it's been on this program or on one of the ones I was visiting on. Um, but I, uh, I felt like Golden State was, was a high likelihood of making the NBA finals because again of the team they had, but now they're going to go up against either Boston or Miami. Dad, you claim to be a Boston fan. Um, you know, their coach went to the front office at the beginning of the season. They hired a new coach, pretty much the same players. And now they are just four games away from the NBA finals. Yes, I mean, somebody knew what they were doing on that one um, from there. And, you know, again, they they play good defense. They play well as a team. You know, where they can beat Miami, I don't know. But I do, do think, you know, I've paid more attention to it this year. And there's been, you know, some good basketball, good basketball games, but a lot of good basketball to watch as far as the players that are involved. And um, so I, I think it'll continue to be that way right down to the championship series. Um, I think it's a good year for the NBA, at least at this point, if they don't have any other you know major issues come out of it. So, yeah, um, I'm cheering for the Heat at this point, just because they've got Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero, Kentucky guys, uh, on their team. Actually, they also got Michael Mulder. He doesn't play at all, but uh, he's a Kentucky guy as well. Um, so that's who I'm cheering for. I think Golden State and Miami. Um, I texted my friend Brad, who hosts a local sports radio here in Lexington, and he is a gambler. And, Dad, neither you or I are gamblers. So I texted Brad, and I said, Brad, uh, Miami and six is at plus 750. So I said, go ahead and put $1,000 of your money on it, and if we win, then I'll give you 30% of the winnings. And uh, he said my math was off on that, so I'm not sure what he meant, what he meant by that. But um, nonetheless, uh, Miami Boston should be a great series. Miami won Game One, um, and uh, but I will say Miami in six and Golden State in ah, Golden State might sweep them, Dad. I we'll give them one. I'll say Golden State in five, but uh, I don't know. I think the Warriors, unless they just have a down game, um, and as much as I like Luca. I don't think Dallas has a shot against Golden State. 
Um, well, no, I, I think, you know, I mean, it looks like Golden State will definitely win. But again, when you look at the last series for Dallas, it wouldn't surprise me if they could win two games. Um, but, you know, we'll see what happens the next game there. Or the Boston series, I think, easily could go to game seven. Um, um, but, you know, we'll see. I mean, Miami, you know, handled them obviously in the first game there. So, um, I, I, I think it's still kind of wide open right now. We'll see. Yeah, Jason Kidd. We'll see how good a coach Jason Kidd is coaching in Dallas. Um, he's had decent runs at other his first stops as a head coach in the NBA, but that's been a long time ago. He's going to have to make some major adjustments because Golden State, the way they played in, in game one, shut down Luka just playing one-on-one for the most part with Wiggins covering him. Um, I mean, goodness, it's, a, it's an uphill battle. At the very least, I like what they said. Uh, they asked the coaches about each other. Steve Kerr, uh, you know, said, "Yeah, Jason was a great player and and he was great skills, all this kind of stuff." They asked Jason. He goes, "Yeah, I remember Steve Kerr. He had Michael Jordan." Um, so, <laughs> so uh, not as much respect about Steve Kerr's playing days, I guess, for Jason Kidd uh, as well. But nonetheless, should be fun series either way uh, for both of those NBA series. All right, let's wrap up with some NFL talk, and um, uh, let's see here. Uh, Bradbury, cornerback, playing for the Giants. Giants said, we can't pay you. Tried to trade him. Couldn't trade him. They had to cut him. They cut him. He gets picked up by a division rival, the Philadelphia Eagles. And, Dad, Philadelphia this offseason, they go out and they get a starting cornerback. They get A.J. Brown, a number one wide receiver. They have a great draft class. And, again, we've talked about – I feel like we've talked about the East, but – not a great division. Philadelphia, if Jalen Hurts plays above average, I mean, I'm starting to go lean Philadelphia as my dark horse Super Bowl pick this year. Well, I don't know about Super Bowl, but I think they've got a good shot at the division. I mean, they've definitely made they've made moves. They've not just sit still from there. And like you said, if Jalen Hurts um, can perform at all, which I think he can, um, yeah, I mean, uh, they've got a great shot, you know, as far as uh, winning the division. And of course, you win the division, you get, um, you're not only in the playoffs, you get one game at home. And, um, you know, things can happen from there. So I think Philadelphia fans probably would be very positive going into this. Um, you, surely you'd have to be with the moves they've made. Um, and like I said, you know, getting the wide receiver, um, that was a, a big plus. A huge plus. Yeah. And again, I go back to Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, They went out and got all kinds of weapons for Joe Burrow. And now Philadelphia has added weapons for Jalen Hurts. And again, if it doesn't work out, Philadelphia is set up with draft picks to go out and get a quarterback in the draft as well. But I I mean, just looking at the offseason so far, Philadelphia is one of the top teams, I think, that as as far as winning the offseason, I think they've done a phenomenal job with what they brought in and really set themselves up for success. But now they're going to have to do it obviously on the field as well. Um, You've got Philadelphia sources. (laughs) I don't know if you've had a chance to chat with them since the draft to find out how excited they were about what Philadelphia is doing. Yeah, I, I I haven't. I tried to get a a hold of him last week and I'll try here in the future because I am interested to see what the talk is, he keeps up on Philadelphia radio up there, and he has relatives that are very connected in. And so, yeah, I'd be in, I would think Philadelphia fans would be very optimistic. Uh, and again, part of it would be the division they're in. 
So um, it'll be interesting because it looks to me um, like the one team that hasn't made as many positive moves was a team that everybody would say would be on top, which would be the Cowboys. But some people say they're loaded and, you know, they're ready to go. So we will see. Of course, you know, Washington be interesting to see, you know, with the new quarterback, if that can make a difference. And, of course, they're very talented. We've talked about the skill positions and the defense that they have. And, um, you know, the Giants have made some good, I think, good draft picks. And, um, again, they have a question of quarterback, too. So um, that, that should be a very interesting division. Yeah, Brian Dayball, new Giants head coach, which I think is a great hire. Um, he says, we want Daniel Jones to turn it loose. Well, <laughs> he's turned it loose many times. He's <laughs> got a turnover-prone quarterback, but uh, I'm not sure that's what he means by that. Dad, you know that it's very rare for us to feel bad for the Chicago Bears. Uh, Terry Cohen, running back for the Chicago Bears, uh, suffers another major injury. Looks like he'll be out a whole other season. It'll be two straight seasons now with injuries. Um, Terry Cohen's a phenomenal back. He's a great fantasy player. He's great in real life as well. And as much as we don't like the Bears, we just hate to see a guy struggling like this, especially consecutive seasons now with, with major injuries uh, there in Chicago. Yeah, it's, it's, t- it's tough when you see a guy with a major injury, you know, two years in a row because it's hard enough to come back after one. Um, you know, you don't find many that can come back um, after two. And, of course, you're, you know, the team's going to have to make adjustments and get players in and everything like that. That was really, you know, sad in many ways to hear about that and even the way it happened. Yes, yes, indeed. Um, and then Deshaun Watson, he had a meeting with the NFL this week. Um, I'm sure talking about the legal issues and everything going on. Uh, if you had to guess right now, how many games is Deshaun Watson getting uh, suspended? Um, I would think six. Yeah, I think six is probably the minimum. Um, you know, I don't know. It's going to be interesting to see what they do. I don't know. You know, one of the one argument I heard was there's so many people who've come forward and there's enough things that he's admitted to doing that weren't necessarily legal. Um, there's enough there for them to have plenty of, of ammunition to suspend them for as long as they want to. I think it could be 10 games that gets appealed down to six or eight games that gets appealed down to four. Uh, but I don't. I think six is the minimum that he gets suspended, and I think it's one of the reasons—not the only reason, but one of the reasons why Cleveland hasn't gotten rid of Baker Mayfield yet. There's a chance they need Baker Mayfield, and now they went out and got Jacoby Brissett. Um, I would still take Baker Mayfield over Jacoby Brissett, and I think Mayfield getting a second chance somewhere else might be really good for him and beneficial for the team that gets him, but. I mean, it doesn't look like we're any closer to figuring out where Baker Mayfield is going to play football at come come this fall, right? No, no, we really haven't. Um, and I'd be surprised no matter how long that Watson gets suspended for that if, if Mayfield would want to go back and play there. Right. I think the, the bridges have been burned there. And, um, you know, he'd be lame duck at best. And um, I just don't think that's where he – he wants to be, but, you know, I'm a little surprised he isn't anywhere yet. So um, you never know, but I'm sure, you know, the Browns in many ways are wanting to see. Um, you know, I think it's good that Watson and the NFL are meeting. That way, you know, um, they can get some direction on 
on what's going to what's going to happen there. So, yep, I agree with you on that one. Uh, all right, that's all I got. You got anything else that you want to talk about before we close up? No, nope. like I said, there's you know um, just the circus going on in college football. So I'm sure it'll it'll keep building and building, and we'll see what happens. Well, I'm going to talk about that circus next Friday. Uh, Indiana head football coach Tom Allen joins the show. It'll be the third time he's come on the program. And I'm not sure what he'll give us, but we're going to ask some questions about the circus that is college football and uh, and see see what happens from there. But excited to have Coach Allen back with us. Um, that will air next Friday, a week from today. Of course, we'll have another episode out on Monday. And encourage everybody to tune in regularly, drop episodes Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, this last episode that I dropped at was Wednesday's local hour interviewed Raga Christian's daughter, uh, the ASUN golfer of the year, EKU golfer, um, had a really fun conversation with her. She has uh, already been in one major amateur tournament last summer. She'll be in two this summer. So if you're into golf, uh, go back and listen to that, that episode. We also had Tucker Schroeder, offensive lineman from EKU on as well and had a good conversation with him also. Uh, but we don't talk to a lot of golfers on this program, and so I thought it was a really fun conversation. I would encourage people to go back and check that out. Uh, don't forget to visit InTheClutch.com. Use Sports Stove for your uh, 10% off your purchase and uh, and and whatnot from there. Uh, follow us on social media, Twitter and Instagram, at Sports Stove. And uh, that's it for today. Thank you for tuning in. Until next time, we'll see you around the Sports Stove.